0: Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It's so good having you once again on Kingdom Rock Radio. We give Jesus praise for your faithfulness, and I thank you for your prayers and your financial contributions, which help us to remain on the air and get this gospel to the world. I thank the Lord Jesus Christ for you. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to start a whole new series, and this series is entitled Walking by Faith. And today you will hear part number one. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety, as well as the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and just look for the banner entitled Walking by Faith. I believe this series will really bless you. Don't forget about the Building fund Project as you go online. Make a donation and help us build the house of the Lord and sign up for Kingdom Inspirations and you'll receive our encouraging email, weekly to bi-weekly. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Walking by Faith, part number one, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, let's talk today, let's talk just for a few moments, uh, reasons why you should walk by faith. Because there are, all, there are always sometimes cynics and people that say, what's in it for me? Ask your neighbor, what's in it for me? Uh, Why in the world should I walk by faith or what are some of the benefit, the benefits of walking by faith? All right. So let's address that. Let me give you 10 things, 10 reasons generally, generally why you need to walk by faith. People that walk by faith or we can say people of faith generally live longer. Live longer. Secondly, people of faith generally are happier. Thirdly, people who live by faith or walk by faith generally are more hopeful or optimistic in life. Five, they are or we are more charitable and giving as we walk by faith, as we as we are people of faith. Sixth thing. I love this as well. Marriages, your marriages will last longer. People of faith, your marriages last longer. And generally, people of faith love deeper, love deeper and are more compassionate. Six uh, people, or rather seven people uh, that are of faith, uh, their children are more secure. When mom and dad are in faith or faith-filled people, their children are more secure. The household is more secure. Number eight, uh, here, are some, here are two downsides by walking by faith. One is you walk by faith or walk faithfully, uh, you'll be persecuted. You'll be persecuted. Uh, and next, of course, people that are of faith generally are misunderstood at times. They say the plant's closing. Why aren't you freaking out with the rest of us? What's wrong with you? You can be misunderstood. Because you're walking by faith because you're a person of faith. And last, let me tell you this. is another good benefit. People that are of faith generally will recover faster from a traumatic experience, from trauma. Or we can say are more likely to recover from a traumatic event. Someone that is of faith. Does that make sense to you? So we here again, why should I walk by faith? Why should I try to learn about faith? Why should I I I invest my time, my energy to sit in a church service or to listen to a CD to understand the things of God? Why? Well, I've given you 10 benefits there. There are, of course, there are more. But let me tell you why faith is important. Let me give you three reasons why faith is important before we go even 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 into some scriptures. Why faith is important? One, according to uh, Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you're not a person of faith, there's no way in the world you can please God. So if it is your decision to please God, you're going to have to have faith. The Bible also declares in uh, Mark 9:23, that all things are possible to him that believes. So you're going to have to have faith uh, to get through these uh, situations to make all situations possible. All things are possible to him that believes. So you're going to have to have faith for that. And thirdly, Hebrews 11 and 3. I love this. With faith, God formed or he framed the worlds. He framed the worlds. Faith is the same substance that God almighty used to frame or orderly arrange the universes, the world, spirit, natural, all, all of them. This is the same substance that he used in the beginning. It is this same substance that he invested in you and I. Isn't that something? Amen. So there are many times we can just belittle the things of faith and, um, And we'll talk about that as we go on, but I needed you to see, first of all, why it's important that you have faith, why it's important uh, for you to be a person of faith, and why faith is important. So, in other words, before we learn how to swim, let me tell you, first of all, what's in the water. Let me tell you the temperature of the water. Okay? Before we get in, before you put your big toe in, let me describe what water is, And let me tell you, uh, you can have fun in it, but you can also drown. Does that make sense to you? All right. So let's go ahead. We're going to discuss uh, some definitions of faith. First of all, I want to give you a worldly perspective of faith, a worldly definition of faith. And then we'll go into the Bible and get the true definition of what faith really is. Okay. Now, I'm giving you a worldly perspective of faith. So that you can detect and see if it's in you, if it's in you, so that we can correct it. Does that make sense to you? All right. Let me give you this worldly definition of faith right out of the dictionary. So let's start there, Gene. let we'll start there. Uh, the dictionary says that faith is strong belief or trust in someone or something. OK, I can pretty much go with that. Strong belief or trust in someone or something. You say, I got faith. Secondly, the dictionary says, faith is belief in the existence of God. Okay, so I can go with that. Faith is uh, belief in the existence of God. Also meaning strong religious feelings or belief. Now, here we go. We're getting ready to make a turn now. The world says, Faith is strong religious feelings or beliefs. Beginning to make a turn. The world says, dictionary says, faith is a system of religious beliefs. A system of religious beliefs. It also says, uh, faith is a religious preference. Religious preference. What's your faith? Oh, I'm Christian. I'm a Buddhist. I'm uh, I'm I'm a Catholic. I, I'm a Muslim. What's your faith? What's your faith? OK, worldly perspective. Now, here's one of the ones here that I need you to understand as well. This is the worldly view of things. The first two I can get behind. But as it goes on down, it begins to skew a bit. Here's the last definition that you'll find in most dictionaries. Faith being Firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Firm belief in something for which there is no proof. That is the worldly definition of faith. Now, I really want you to get a hold of this. Really want you to get a hold of this. This is how the world system views faith. Faith the last two definitions really talk about people who don't have a relationship with Christ or who are dwelling in ignorance. Those two, the last two definitions again are uh, that is faith being a religious preference or a firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Now those two definitions directly contradict the word of God. Unfortunately, um, it is also the case with some in the halls of the church because some in the halls of the church think that faith is nothing more than wishful thinking or hope filled notions. Their faith is not based on the word of God. It's based on the circumstances. It's based on what they see, based on what they feel. When they're feeling like God is nearby, they have faith. When they feel that God has left the building or God is no longer doing anything with them or for them, they lose their faith. That is a worldly form of faith. It is not godly. It is not divine. The faith of God exists apart from your feelings It exists apart from the reality or the situation that you're currently in. If the faith of God is present, it can survive. And not only survive during hard times, it can thrive during hard times and situations. Are you hearing me? So, but here again, for many, faith has become wishful thinking. You say, let me pray about this with you. You pray with them and they say, well, you say, amen. Then they say, well, I hope it's going to happen. Well, I hope he's going to do it. In other words, to them, faith is a hope-filled notion. It's wishful thinking. I hope God is going to do it. Oh, I wish God would do it. These are not faith. God does not answer wishful prayers. He, you, you're not going to throw some money in this offering container like you're throwing it in a wishing well. Here, God, give me something. Amen. He's not a cosmic Coke machine. Are you hearing? No, no, no. So we're going to identify what false faith is and what real faith is, because when you need a miracle in your life, you don't want to dwell in fake stuff. You need the real thing. Are you hearing me? Turn to the name. Tell him I need the real thing. Okay. so right away, you always right away. You've got to understand that your faith is has to be rooted in the Word of God. It has to be rooted in the promises of God. If your faith is not rooted in the Word and what God said and what He promised to you, then you don't have biblical faith. The faith that moves mountains, the faith that causes sicknesses to be healed, the faith that raises the dead, the faith that opens up blind eyes. The faith of God will move mountains. The faith of God will make the impossible possible. But wishful thinking Or hope or going along hoping and praying is not going to move that circumstance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your faith should not be rooted in feeling and emotion. Feeling faith that is if your faith is rested in feeling and emotion, that's like a foundation that's always shifting. You can't build a house on shifting sand. You can't build your house or your relationship with Christ or whatever you believe in God for on something that is constantly changing, that is constantly moving. You cannot build your faith in something that is rooted in this reality and what you can see. If someone's believing God for healing and they go to the doctor and the doctor gives them a bad report, let's go back a minute. If they believe in God for healing and before they go in to see the doctor, they have, they're full of faith. But when the doctor gives them the report, when he shows them the x-ray, if they're not dwelling in the faith of God, that moment when they see the the x-ray, hear the report, faith will go straight down. Because they never had faith in God, they had faith in a feeling. If your faith was rooted in the word of God, then even when you got the report, you'd still say, Bless God by his stripes. I am healed. Thank you, Lord. I know you healed me. I know you delivered me. I know my faith in you is not in vain. This thing is temporary. I thank you, Lord, that I'm delivered. I've been set free. I thank you, Father, that your power has overwhelmed the darkness and that I am saved. I am healed. I am delivered. Thank you, doctor, for your opinion. I know you've gone to school. You've done a lot of good things, and I appreciate you, but I believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Now, I'll go and take the medicine. That'll help me fight. Are you hearing me? Until the full manifestation of healing takes place. Are you hearing me? But your faith must be rooted in God's word. You say you're standing in faith? Well, what word are you using? What's your foundation? What you found, what's the foundation on which you're standing? What are you holding on to? Are you believing God? Uh, are you hoping and a praying? Or are you just wishing that something would happen? Oh, it's mighty quiet in here. <laughs> because of this, too many within the halls of our churches are, are living weak, tamed, and defeated lives. Because their primary focus is based in a natural reality and they hit and miss in the spirit. They hit and miss. Sometimes they get prayers answered. Woo! It's a hit. Other times it's a miss. I need something that is stable. I need something that is solid. I need something that I can depend upon. And God says if you walk by faith and not by sight, you're going to have some answered prayers. Are you hearing? Amen. But I'm telling you, it's not possible to live this existence in peace, in peace, if your faith is rooted in what you can see or hear taste, smell. If it's rooted in your senses, it's always going to be a changing scape because things are constantly in flux. This world is constantly in flux. If you believe in the Lord, let's say you believe in the Lord for money, you making money on a stock, stock exchange. It's constantly in flux. It goes up. Hey God, you're going to do it. It goes down. Hey God, you didn't do it. Hey, Next day it goes up. Hey God, you did it. Oh, next day. Oh, hey God, you didn't do it. Constantly in flux. That's not what God is calling you to do. Are you hearing Amen. that is now when we talk about faith, what you are believing God for has to become your new reality Amen. has to become your new reality, the new reality that you're experiencing before you actually see it. And we're going to talk more about that as we go in today. Are you with me today? Amen. All right. Now, let me give you another example of how some started off in faith and then they left off from faith and went back into what the Bible declares works. They started in faith and they slipped back into works, uh, into a works field salvation that was void of the power of God. Okay. For this, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles. I got some things on the screen for you. I want you to see this. This is so powerful. Uh, we want to turn our Bibles Uh, to the book of Galatians, the third chapter, Galatians, the third chapter, and uh, we're going to start there today, Galatians, the third chapter, Galatians, third chapter, go ahead and do that for me, Tori, she's going to get it back on the screen for us, Galatians, the third chapter, and uh, there we go, thank you, I should have it from here, thank you so much. Galatians, the third chapter, you have it on the screen there in front of you to make it a little bit easier for you. We'll be reading today out of the New Living Translation and also out of the King James version. Sometimes I love, like using the, the New Living Translation because it makes it a little bit easier, but sometimes they miss it uh, as, I, as it relates to the King James. But I'll let you know as the Lord shows me. But here, I think this is golden. So here, before we go into this, I want you to see the picture of someone that started in faith with God and then they slipped back into a powerless walk with God. They started in power, they started in faith, but then they slipped back into a powerless walk. How many people do you know, or maybe you have had this experience yourself, where you say, well, when I first gave my life to the Lord, it seemed like God just answered my prayer just like that. I mean, it was wonderful. I I said a prayer and God answered, seemed to be immediately, oh, it was so wonderful, but then after a while it seemed like he didn't really answer me anymore. It seemed to be harder and harder and harder, maybe because you started in faith, but then you slip right back into works. You changed it. God did not. So let's look at this. Uh, Galatians, the third chapter, verses two uh, through four. And this is how it reads our new living translation. It says, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Verse three, how foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human efforts? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not. Surely it was not in vain, was it? Here's a picture of someone again that started in faith. He asked the question, did you receive the spirit of God because you were, because you were doing good religious works? No, you received the spirit of God because you had faith in Christ Jesus. Receiving the spirit of God talks about salvation, talks about receiving Christ as your Lord and savior. You received the greatest gift that a human being could ever have. And that is salvation. Salvation. So, someone says, I don't know how to have faith in God. I don't know how to have faith. Well, if you are born again, you exercise your faith at least once. Because it takes faith to be saved. The Bible says that we are saved uh, through grace. He said, We're saved by grace through faith. So, you've exercised your faith at least once. So, you gave your life to Jesus. You did that by and through faith. Are you hearing? But they started in faith, but then they began to uh, have less trust in the faith of God. And they began to try to work things out for their own selves. And when they did that, they left the realms of faith. They left the realm uh, of possibility. They left the realm of power. Now, I want you to hear this, too, that um, it is here's the danger. It is possible to go to church. And to serve God faithfully and slip into some sort of religious ritual that is void of faith and power. Let me say that again. It is possible for someone to go to church and serve God faithfully. You're there every Sunday giving and tithing and offering. You're serving on the usher board, the deacon board. You're 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 making sandwiches for the homeless. You're making sandwiches. It's possible for you to do all of that, all of that, and have not one shred of faith in God, and and to have a powerless, weak life. These are people that say, "Lord, I've done all this for you, and it seemed like when I need you, you're not there." These are things that I'm tra- that we're trying to avoid because you can have lip service, but not life service. Let me give you an example of this in uh, in Matthew, this Matthew, the uh, 15th chapter, Matthew 15. We'll be reading this out of the King James Version here again. We need to I want you to discover what faith is and what faith is not. When you believe in God for a miracle in your life, you need to know, are you actually in faith are you actually operating in faith? Or are you are you just wishful thinking, or you have a lot of hope, a hope God's going to do it, or are you standing on a firm foundation? Are you standing on the rock? Are you building on a rock instead of sand? Are you with me? Amen. So let's look at uh, Matthew fifteen. Matthew fifteen, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking here, verse seven says this: "Ye what." Ye hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah, or that is Isaiah, prophesy of you saying, this people draw nigh to me with their mouth. Oh, isn't that wonderful? You're drawing near to God with your mouth. That is what the words that you're saying. Isn't that wonderful? These people draw nigh to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips. Oh, isn't that wonderful? You are honoring God with your lips. Wow. Wonderful. But say, but. Their heart is what their heart is far from me heart is far from me so you can know all the christian catchphrases hallelujah have a blessed day have a blessed day how are you doing oh i'm blessed and i'm highly favored of the lord yes i am the devil's under my feet yes he is jesus i love you i love you i love you you can honor god with your with your lips with your words but your heart can not even be in the building Now look at the next verse. This is panicky. Verse 9 is full of panic. Verse 9 says what? But in what? But in what? But in what? Come on, talk to me. But in what? In In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. God said you did all that in vain. You know what a picture of vain looks like? Vain is you work an eighty-hour week and you get no check. You got there every day on time. You did the back-breaking work, and at the on-payday, you get zilch. Vain. You did all this stuff for the Lord. You shouted. You praised God. You gave your time. You gave your offering. You came to church faithfully. But God said, "I didn't receive not one drop of it." You get up to heaven and you say, hey, Jesus, Jesus, look at you and say, who are you again? (laughs) But don't you know me, Lord, I cast out demons for you. I prayed for you. I fed the homeless for you. I did all these things for me, for you, Lord. You look like somebody that's for me, but I don't know you. He said in vain, vain worship, vain worship is caused when someone is not operating in faith. They're not using their heart. They're just doing religious works, hoping to obtain favor with God. Are you hearing me? Yes. Every day we fight a battle between the two realms. Which realm will you believe? Will you believe the spirit, the thing that you cannot see? That is the promises of God. Or will you believe what you can see? The bank statement, the doctor report. And so forth and so on. Are you hearing these things will contradict the word of God? Now, let me show you some things. Let me show you this battle as it is really laid out in 2nd Corinthians, the fourth chapter. We're going to go right back into the King James version. Here's the battle as it is really laid out in the scripture in 2nd Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 17 and 18. We're going to read this on the King James version. This will help you. As you uh, walk through your life, because there are things that God has given that he has put in your heart. God has given you desires in your heart. Godly desires for things that he wants to have manifested in the earth. It's a godly desire to want to take care of your family. It's a godly desire for wanting your marriage to be together. It's a godly desire to want a job. Praise God. It's a godly or rather should I say a career. That's a godly desire. It's a godly desire to want to give to others. These are godly desires that the Lord will put in your heart. Are you hearing? So there's something that you're going to have to manifest. God will give you to, uh, really a desire uh, even for a business or a ministry or to, or to erect a ministry building, a media worship facility. He'll give you a vision for it. He'll put that in your heart. He gave you the desire for it. And then it's your responsibility to walk that thing out by faith until it is manifested. No matter how long it takes. All right, let's look at 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 17 through 18. Now, the King James Version, it reads like this. For our light afflictions say troubles. Now, uh, right away, you got to know this light afflictions that talks about troubles. We're talking about the apostles here. They were beaten. They were whipped. I don't think anybody has been beaten or whipped in here because of the gospel of Christ. Anybody left for dead because of the gospel of Christ? Are you hearing me? Nobody threatened to be beheaded because of the gospel of Christ. They called all of this light afflictions. Look at the faith of the apostles. You know, we call hardness. She talked about me. (laughs) He talked about me. They got my pocket space. Jesus, I'm suffering for you. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, Oh, Lord, I don't have this. Oh, Lord, I don't have that. But I'll suffer for you, Jesus. Yes, I will. These light afflictions, they called it light afflictions. Are you hearing me? For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment. It's only going to last for a moment. Now, I'm not making little of our circumstances today because for us, these things can be big. But I'm saying comparatively, they are small. Because I guarantee you, you say your, you say your, uh, your leg hurts and you're walking around with pain in your leg. Just go up the road just a little bit and you'll find somebody without a leg. You say you don't know, I haven't bought a new pair of shoes in a long time. I only have 10 pairs of shoes. You go down the road a little bit and you find somebody who has made a shoe out of duct tape. Comparatively, you don't have the house you want, but go just down the road just a little bit and somebody's living in a tent in the woods. Comparatively, all of our troubles in here are light. Woke up this morning with a lot of pains and aches. Somebody didn't get up this morning. And somebody's around someone in the hospital right now watching their loved one cleaved cling to their last breath. So comparatively, our sufferings are light. Are oh, you hearing me? So we better thank God because it could be worse. Turn your name and tell him it could be worse. So it says, for our light afflictions, which are but for a moment. Praise the Lord. This tells me me that your troubles have an expiration date. Your troubles have an expiration date. They're only for a moment. Trouble won't last. Always. Your trouble has an expiration date. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice in the Lord right now. Your trouble has an expiration date. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to see this caveat in the word of God. It says again, for our light afflictions, uh, which are rather, which is but for a moment, does what? Work it for us. This is working for you. This works for us uh, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, this happens. Now, it says this trouble you're going through is working for you. Come on, say that with me if you dare. This trouble I'm going through is working for me. These folk that are frustrating me are working for me. My lack of money is working for me. All these troubles, all these folk that are getting on my last nerve are working for me. Oh, somebody didn't say that. These light afflictions or these light troubles or problems or situations, they're only for a moment. Uh, They work for, they're working for you a far more exceeding and, and a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while, say while. while. That means these troubles or afflictions are working for you while, meaning it is conditionary. It is conditional it's conditional your troubles won't work for you they won't work in exceeding great glory in your life if you don't do this you just sometimes people can just have trouble and the trouble do absolutely nothing for them but be troubling anybody ever had trouble anybody has anybody ever been troubled by your trouble (laughs) all you had was this trouble you can't say it didn't, didn't do anything for me, preacher. It didn't do anything for me. Look, the trouble will begin to work for you while. Say while. while. Say while three times. While, while, while. while we what? We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are. Come on, read with me. The things which are not seen for the things which are seen are what they're temporal that means they're what temporary but the things which are not seen are what are eternal God said I will work this thing out for you I will make it work for you I will make it do what it do if you look at the right thing He said, I'll make that trouble work for you. Those same folk that were talking about you like a dog. I'll make those same mouths sing for praises. I'll turn the whole thing around for you. If you point your eyes that you gaze at and look upon me and I will handle the situation. I'll make the trouble work for you. He says, but you have to change your focus. Change your focus. Stop listening to what they're saying. Stop honoring the devil's report and start honoring the word of God. Look to the things that are unseen. Look to what the father has said. God is unseen. He is invisible. Words are also invisible. They're unseen. The word of God, his promises are unseen in the natural world. This thing will work for you as you focus on the Lord. Are you hearing me? This trouble will work for you. ...as you focus on the unseen. Let me say that again, this trouble will work for you as you focus on the unseen. Let me say that again, this trouble will work for you as you focus on the unseen. One more time, this trouble will work for you as you focus on the unseen. One more time, this trouble will work for you as you focus on the unseen. Find out one more time. This trouble will work for you as you focus on the unseen. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. You'll also get through this trouble. Make it through this trouble as you focus on this unseen. Now, Jesus Christ is our perfect example of that. Let me show you this scripture in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11. Rather, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. And I want to show you this in God's rich word, Hebrews 12. This is so good. Isn't this good? Hebrews 12, look at verses one and two. I want you to hear the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's someone that really went through trouble. Our troubles compared to Christ, we don't have any trouble. (laughs) Are you hearing me? All right, let's look at Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 of the uh, King James Version. Listen to how it reads. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a great, well, rather with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Listen to verse number 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, say joy, joy, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Isn't that wonderful? What does that say? That say when Jesus was going through the crucifixion process, when he was beat and whipped, he was beaten to the point. Uh, most Bible uh, scholars say that he was beaten to the beaten beyond the point of recognition as he was held on the cross. As he was nailed to the cross, you couldn't recognize you wouldn't be able to recognize him before the crucifixion period. He was a bleeding mound of flesh on the cross. How was he able to go through that? How was he able uh, to go through that? The Bible says he was going through that hard time, that affliction, while looking to the joy that was set before him. Are you hearing? He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You're going to endure your cross situation too. Because you're going to look to the unseen. You're going to look to what God has been saying about the situation and you're going to have faith in what he said. You're going to trust in him. This allows you or helps you to go through these difficult times that you're currently going through. Are you hearing me? Amen. Let me show you one more thing here and then we'll begin to uh, close for today. It says uh, who for the joy that was set before him. Now there is joy set before you. There is joy set before you. Look to the joy. Look to the word of God that's set before you. Look to his promises. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. The word despise there means to think little of. Think about that for a moment. To think little of the shame, to think little of this trial. Think little of it. They are beating and whipping and nailing him to the cross, but he thought little of it. He thought little of that in the natural and thought more of what he could not see. Are you hearing? When you pay more attention to the evil, your body will react and, and it will tense up. When your when your focus is on negative things, your shoulders tense, head begins to hurt, blood pressure rises, begin to lose sleep, your face begins to your face begins to constrict, your eyebrows begin to get closer together, right? Begin to walk with your head down, your body will react to the focus of your mind. Your body will react to the focus of your mind. In other words, your body will, your body will display what you are thinking. And this, we can go on that so many ways. Your body will display what you are thinking. We can cover it up a little bit. But eventually your face and your body language will betray you. Can I get an Amen. So listen, I want to make it abundantly clear that it is our job to walk by faith and not by sight. If you want to make it out of this life alive, you're going to have to walk it by faith and not by sight. Are you hearing? Let's look at just one more scripture and then we'll close out today. Second Corinthians five, seven. This is so much. So we're going to just start here. This is so much. So I'm we're just going to take our time and go through the entire uh, series together. Have you learned anything yet today? Amen. Remember, we're going to walk by faith, not by sight. Let's look at this, uh, which comes, of course, from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse number seven, King James Version. I want you to look at the verse here. You can look at it in your Bible, look at it on the screen. I want you to see something very peculiar here. It says again in verse number seven, Second Corinthians five, verse seven. It says, "For we walk by faith and not by sight." For we walk by faith and not by sight. What's after the word sight? What do you see after the word sight in your Bible? You see a colon, and then you see what? You see a parenthesis, a closing parenthesis. Now, for most of you that do emojis or smiley faces, you will see the Lord smiling at you right there. Are you hearing me? It's smiling at you. We walk by what? Faith Faith and not by? Now, we'll close with this. Let me define the word walk here. Because we talk about walking by faith. Let me describe to you uh, what walk actually means. We're not talking about somebody come and demonstrate walking for me. All right, Erica, come on. I see your hand. Come on up. Erica is going to demonstrate for you what is meant to walk. All right, Erica, do your thing, girl. Just walk. (laughs) Come on, vote. Let your body. All right, come on, walk back over here now. All right, and even add a wave at the end. Give her a hand, would you? Fashion model extreme. Ah, wonderful! Thank you, Erica. For we walk by faith. The Bible here is not talking about a literal walking, as you've seen just seen uh, Erica do. Okay, the word walk here in the Greek actually means to make one's way to progress, make one's way to progress, to make due use of opportunities, to make due use of opportunities. In the Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew form of this means to live, to live, or we can say to regulate one's life. So we can actually say here, for we live by faith. We regulate our lives by faith. Does that make sense to you? We make due use of opportunities by faith. And not by sight. This is a lifestyle. They're saying we live by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Our life is one of faith. Our life is one of faith. We're believing God for this and that. We're trusting him for this and that. This is our life. This is not a momentary thing. We're walking by faith. We're living by faith. And to the contrary. And not By sight, which means you have a choice, don't you? If you live by faith, you will be empowered, you'll do the impossible. You you fill out the second application. You fill out the third application because you believe in God for something. Hallelujah. And you won't stop until you get it. You'll do it again no matter how many doors are slammed in your face. You say, Lord, I know what you told me, so I'm going to go again, and I'm going to go again, and I'm going to go again, and I'm going to go again until I see your promises manifested in my life. I refuse to give up. I won't give up. But if you're walking by sight, the moment something does not look favorable to you, you drop your head, tuck your tail and run. Maybe not tucking your tail. Some people are born with. We'll stop it there. We'll run away. How many of us have retreated before? Did it make us feel good to retreat, to give up, to drop it and to leave? No, it mostly brings up one feeling regret. When you look back, you say, I wish I had done things differently. I wish I had not done that. But the moment you decided there is no turning back, there is no plan B. I have to go forward. That's all there is. I'm going forward with God. And then you see the manifestation of what you've been believing God for. Then you're filled with joy. Are you hearing? So I'll say what the Bible says. Don't cast your confidence away. Continue to hold your faith. What you are believing God for. Remember, your faith must be rooted in what God said. If you believe in God for something, if you say I've been praying for something and if that's something you're praying for, if you can't find it in the word, if you can't say, Lord, I'm believing you for this because you said that. If you can't say, I believe you for this because you said that, then you don't have biblical faith, the faith that moves mountains. You have a wishful prayer. You are hoping and a praying. Your prayer is on a uh, shifting sand. But if you can say, God, I believe you for this, because you said that and I'm holding you to your word. If you can hold God to his word and stand on his word, then you're in faith. Let me give you one good example. and Then we'll close up close with this. If I told um, Brother Kelly. We'll go ahead and bring him into this. If I told Brother Kelly, Kelly, I will pick you up tomorrow at 5 o'clock. He says, Pastor now you know uh, my wife got the car, so you know you got to pick me up at 5 o'clock. Yes, Kelly, I know I got to pick you up at 5 o'clock. I know you have no, no other way of going, so I know your wife got the car. So Pastor you know now you got to pick me up at 5 o'clock. Kelly I say Kelly you have my word I'll be there at five o'clock now if Kelly calls me back later on that night around one o'clock Pastor Stroud you coming tomorrow at five o'clock I said yes Kelly I'm coming I told you I'm coming at five o'clock yes yes I'm coming then he calls me at seven o'clock I'm supposed to be going at five o'clock that evening then he calls me at seven o'clock that morning Pastor Stroud want to ask you a question yes sir can you pick me up at five o'clock? <laughs> yes, Kelly. Yes, I, I gave you my word. I said I would pick you up at five o'clock, five o'clock this evening. It's seven o'clock this morning, Kelly. Let me sleep a little bit. Nine o'clock rolls back around. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Uh, Pastor, I can ask you another question? Sure, Kelly. Can you pick me up at five o'clock? He does that at, he does that at nine o'clock, at ten o'clock, and at eleven o'clock, and at twelve o'clock, and at one o'clock. After a while, I'm getting tired of talking to Kelly on his phone as he's asking me the same question over and over and over again. But what is demonstrated here through his constant asking me about five o'clock, what is he telling me? He really doesn't believe what I said. He does not trust in my word. If he were trusting in my word when I said before, Kelly, I'll be there. You have my word. Then he can really call back and say, Pastor out at seven o'clock. Hey, I really appreciate you. Thank you in advance for you picking me up at five o'clock. I put your remembrance of your word. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You're a good friend. I appreciate you. All right. Well, praise God. All right, Kelly. Nine o'clock. Ring, ring, ring. Pastors I want to tell you, I just want to give you thanks for picking me up. I appreciate your gas money and your, your insurance, your time. I thank you so much for picking me up at five o'clock. You're a good man. All right, Kelly, praise God, praise God. 12 o'clock. Pastor, I just want to tell you, man, I've been thinking about you. I've been meditating, meditating on you driving down that road. I can see you driving down the road. I can see you parked out in front of my house. I thank you in advance for getting me, for picking me up at 5 o'clock. I make my appointment on time. I really appreciate you. Oh, I've been just, I've been telling everybody about you picking me up at 5 o'clock, as a matter of fact. Oh, this is so wonderful. At three o'clock. Oh, pastor, I'll call you again. Oh, I put up a billboard in front of my yard telling everybody how I have a great pastor. And I really appreciate you for all that you're doing. I know I have. I know it's like I have already been picked up at five. It's like I'm already sitting in your car right now. I thank you for picking me up. (laughs) Not being sarcastic, but he's generally grateful. He's thankful. What does that tell me the other end? Wow, this dude, I better pick him up. He really does believe me. He's calling me and giving me genuine thanks. He really does believe me. I better make sure I'm there to pick him up at five o'clock. Now, the same conversations on the same phones with the same cell phones, same phones, same phone numbers, same two people. But one is a faith and one is not. The first one makes me want to back away. What's wrong with this dude? The second one makes me want to get there early. Does that make sense to you? Amen. We're going to walk by and not by. Give the Lord a hand of praise. We're done today in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. Praise God. Oh, praise God Almighty. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed today's message right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety, all you have to do is just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and click on the media button and select today's message. And while you're on the website, don't forget to sign up for the Kingdom Inspirational Video Blog. We're going to send you short inspirational clips that will bless you on a weekly basis. So sign up today right there at kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. And if you're in the Bremen area, come on and stop by and visit us in a live service. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. Remember, Sunday morning is at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night starts at 7 o'clock. We'll be so glad to see you. Well, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. See you soon.